We sang um, Hillsong sung this morning. I will wait, reach out my hands before you, my keeper. I will come running into your arms. It's you I long for with all my heart. I want to know you. You are all I want. I want to know you. That's the question I want to ask this morning. Do we want to know God? Do we want to know God more? So how well can we really know another person? I don't know if anybody can remember 16th of August 2014. Emmy was absolutely shocked about what was going on on that day. Many people who felt they knew Robin Williams were left shocked at his suicide on that day. We were away on holiday, weren't we, Emma? And she said, I can't believe it, you know. I really like this man, I love the films that he's done. But there's a difference uh, between knowing someone and knowing about them. You know, I wonder if we can ever get under the skin of another person. Lots of people felt that they knew Robin Williams because he was a very public persona. He'd been on loads of chat shows as well as being in films and everything. Just consider this for a minute. Have you ever been told, I just don't know who you are anymore? That may have been said to you. If it hasn't been said to you personally, I'm sure you've heard it on TV or you've read it in a book. And my heart went out, I think it was last year now, um, to two women who sued uh, their former partners who were undercover policemen. I don't know if you can remember that story in the news. You know, they were absolutely emotionally traumatised after learning that the men weren't exactly who they thought they were at all. <laughs> they weren't, they were police officers, they'd gone into this situation, they'd gone undercover and they'd got into these relationships with these women so that they could find out more about what was going on. Um, the officers were accused of tricking the women into relationships without revealing their true identity. Uh, although the Met denies this and says the relationships were based on genuine person or feelings. I'm not sure whether I believe that. I think that's just covering up what the officers had done. And the reaction, I think, has been one of outrage on behalf of these women. Their partners just disappeared, basically, one day, leaving them bereft with their answers and fearing the worst. So I'll ask you that question again. Can you ever really know someone? Now, it can be traumatic even thinking about it, but I can't help but wonder, is it ever possible to really know someone? Think about yourself just for a moment. Right? Have a little think. Consider all the different faces you present in life. Right? Different face maybe those of you who work to your boss, your colleagues, your partner, 
your parents, your friends, the ones you've known since you've been this high, maybe the ones that you've met sort of later on in life. You know, how well do you know them? What sort of face do you present to them? Which version of you do they see? We all have more than one face. Oh, there was a lovely story um, I read about a little girl went out into the garden, and I might have shared this with you before. Big fence that had a new neighbour, right, an older lady. There was a bit of noise going on. The older lady peered over the fence, and the little girl looked at her and said, Oh, you're not like my mum said. You've only got one face. <laughs> so mum had been talking about her being two-faced, and obviously children are very honest, aren't they? You know, there's a difference um, in knowing someone and knowing about someone. And we can easily fall into that trap. And I've read about, um, it's a 2010 study, so it's fairly recently, about a philosopher in Canada. And he asked that very sort of question. Consider the idea that we feel like we know celebrities. And this philosopher talked about the different sort of impersonal knowledge we have about a celeb and the sort of information and depth of relationship that would reasonably allow you to claim to know someone. He brought sharing the relationship, arguing that to truly know someone, you have to have an active role in imparting knowledge both ways. So while we can all give lots of facts, I'm sure, some of us more than others, about celebrities. Unless that famous person actually talks to you and shares with you and shares opinions with us personally, we can't reasonably claim to know them. Right? We might know something about them. And I think it's why we're so shocked when someone like Robin Williams dies, and there's been so many deaths, haven't there, over the last um, few months since Christmas, of famous people that we have grown up with, that we've seen their face, we've heard them speak to us. And I think having grown up with Robin Williams, so to speak, watched his films, and even had some insight into his past personal problems when he's been sharing those, um, we felt we knew him. Right? But of course, nothing could be further uh, from the truth. And lots of other things came out, didn't they, after his suicide, that it wasn't all related to depression. There was illnesses that he'd been diagnosed with. Out of character. Uh, simply, we take for granted what we think we know about other people. We say things like, that is so out of character, but do we really know the person at all? I don't think we give a second thought to what it really means. And since we've got social media, and I both love and hate Facebook, in equal measure sometimes, if it wasn't for Facebook, then Roy and I wouldn't be married, and here together, and that's, that's a whole other story. But it's easy to split ourselves into two or three, and be different people to different people, if you get what I mean. We can be anonymous, we can be faceless, uh, we can share stuff, including insults in a way we'd never, ever do in person. 
what's the alternative? You know, do we question every single action or sentence spoken by our nearest and dearest? Do we follow their every move so that we actually get to know them? In To Kill a Mockingbird, Atticus Finch says, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. And perhaps we can do that. Exercise empathy, share as much of ourselves as we'd like to get back from others and hope against hope that they are who they say they are. Right, I'm going to ask you just to do something now with the person next to you. Uh, share something that you think they might not know about you. Have a little think to yourself first. What is there in your past? Oh, please don't, you know, don't go down too difficult to route. But something that somebody might not know. Right, anybody want to share an interesting fact that they have found out? Now, see, even like with those classrooms, perhaps some of these are not able to be shared. Um, I'll put the microphone down so I don't embarrass anybody. Okay. Some of the things, aren't there, that we just do not know about people. But there are things about people that can really, really hurt us. But the big news is, the really big news is that God is who he says he is. He doesn't change. He is love. He's unchanging. He's constant. We change. We change throughout our lives. We have experiences that changes, but God never, ever changes. And because of that, we can know him. We can really know him. It talks uh, in Philippians 3.10, and Paul talks about how important it is to get to know God. Not know about him, yes, but also to know him in relationship. So there is this, this big, huge difference between knowing God and knowing about God. And I've really been challenged the last two weeks at Alpha, those of you that haven't been there for two weeks. Um, some of you will know one and, and not the other, but we've had a week about prayer, and we've had a week about reading the Bible. And I think I need to alter my priorities. And from the discussions we had, I think lots of people need to change theirs as well and make sure that prayer and Bible reading in our life is a real priority. Because in the natural, yeah, you know, do we really know anybody? Sadly, um, we think we do, but we can't always. I'll perhaps give... Um, couple of examples. Yesterday I was talking to somebody that I know that I, I meet occasionally. Um, desperate for a relationship. Uh, she's like early 30s now. Um, and she met a man at a party. And they had got so much in common, she felt, right? Uh, both single, both never married, they hadn't got any children, they've got a love of pets. Lots and lots of things, and they got talking, they went out on a date. But two weeks later, um, she got this horrendous message. Oh, you know, she trusted me enough to tell me about this. 
And basically, and I won't use the language that was said in this message, but it was just come round for sex, really. That was what he was interested in. And she blocked him then. That was the end of it. She thought she'd started to know him. Um, and she understood where he was coming from. But she didn't. Um, John's dad, um, his parents, my, my mother and father-in-law, didn't have a particularly happy marriage. Uh, John's dad thought that when all the children had left home, and he was the youngest but the first to get married to me, um, that they would go their separate ways. They had separate bedrooms. And he cried to me about that. It was one of his greatest fears. And he wept over the thought that his parents' relationship would break down. It was something that was so important to him. But then how little did I know him because that's what he did to me. Yeah, because he left me uh, for someone else and started a relationship. So the very thing that I thought was part of him, a really important part... He compromised and turned his back on. I didn't really know him as well as I thought. But God doesn't change. Right, that's what I really want to emphasise. Although we can't always rely on everybody else. You know, we've got that sense, haven't we, when someone loves us and we can share things together. But even with people that are close, it can be difficult and we've got things that we keep to ourselves. But God doesn't. And that's why we can absolutely get to know him, who he is to be in relationship with him, and trust him. And when we really know God, when we really, really know God, we also know and experience his power through the Holy Spirit. It's easy for us to live by our feelings. And you will know people that are up and down, and they're all over the place. And it's easy for us as Christians to live by our feelings. If we feel joyful and happy and everything's going really well, we say, God's blessing us. This is amazing. But when we feel ugh, no, blah, cold or flat, if we feel prayer's not answered the way we want, we wonder where God is in it all. And we'll often hear people say, and I'm sure you've heard this, in the midst of a tragedy, um, where was God in it all? In the midst of really difficult times, you know, I'm thinking about the situation in Paris with those young children sheltered under the tree and struck by lightning. You know, people will say, the press will say, you will hear it in the papers. Where was God when all of this happened? I believe, and we're taught in the Word of God, if we really know God, we wouldn't feel the need to ask these questions. If we truly and really know God, we're not disturbed by any scientific view or any theories of evolution or so-called contradictions in Bible translations, we have a perfect assurance that God is. And knowing that, then we can know that nothing else matters because he's with us. We don't have to feel the need to explain things. 
because we know what can't be explained in words. You know, you'll have, sometimes you've just got to say, if somebody asks you a really difficult question about things that are going on in the world or in their personal life, I don't know. And we can be honest about that. And we should be honest about that. Paul um, said he saw things in heaven when he had visions that he couldn't explain. And men always want to explain God, but if we know him, then the first thing we give up is trying to understand him or explain him. We are not God. We are human with the work of his hands, and it's not for us to be God. Now, I've had some giggles with children at school, and they'll come up, and something's going wrong, and they talk to them, and they say, oh, my God, and I'll say, no, I'm sorry. I'm not God, I'm not that important. <laughs> and then they usually giggle and have a look at me. But God is God. We are who we are. The person who knows God spiritually has no need to understand everything mentally. We have to learn to trust and to get to know him. How do we do that? I'm just checking on my time. I'm thinking about school, um, and we'd have a notification from admissions that there was a new child going to start in school. The only thing that I usually knew about that child to start with was their name. Sometimes they would be quite unpronounceable. Right? We spell them the way we like, don't we, these days, and it could be completely different. Um, I had a friend who was called Teresa all the way through school when she wanted to be called Teresa, but she could not change the, the teacher's mind. But you get all sorts of spells. So you just get a name to start with. So you receive this notification. All you know is the name. Then you get a bit more information. Okay, so very often um, I get some paperwork from an existing school. Um, Sometimes they would be this thick. Sometimes it would just be a sheet. And sometimes you've got to read a lot about that child. That didn't mean that I knew the child. Very often the next step, especially if, if I'd had a bigger phone, I thought I really need to, to know about this child. I'd found their previous school. And have a chat to somebody that knew them to get a feel um, for what that child was like so that we could prepare at school you know, it wasn't out of nosiness or anything like that. It was really, at our school, we wanted to welcome that child and give them a fresh start and make sure we understood a little bit about them. So I'd have a chat um, to somebody. And then came the time when you'd meet the child face to face. So I could put a name to that face. But that wasn't the end of it either. Um, for me, it was really important about building a relationship with that child. If I taught anybody, I've got to get to know them, you know, to get to know what made them tick to try and raise their aspirations so that they could become the person that they could be, not what other people's expectations of them were. And, you know, I think that's a very similar process of how we get to know God. Yeah, we know his name very often, don't we, to start with. Sometimes to say, 
like almost as a swear word, um, we get more information. Sometimes we talk to other people uh, that are in a relationship with God. That's very often the way that we come because we connect uh, through these friendships. But then we need to take that next step where we meet God face to face. And we say, yes, I want to be in this relationship with you. But if we leave it then, very often we do. And I've just felt that very strongly as we've been doing Alpha, that we tend to leave it there and it becomes our head knowledge and we don't build that relationship with God. And we need to work so hard on that. In 2 Timothy 1.7, we read that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind so that we can know him. He doesn't come into our lives and have this relationship with us so we can be weak-willed, wimpy, or the type of person that gives up when the going gets tough. That's really, really important. Um, Joyce Mayer, early on in her ministry, uh, had a dream. She dreamt she was on the highway in the States, and if you've ever been on there, a bit terrifying because there seemed to be so many lanes. And she was driving towards a destination that she got to go to. And then she noticed that some cars were pulling over and parking up. Uh, some cars were turning around. You have this experience when you're going to Merry Hill sometimes, if there's a big long queue, right? Some pulling over, turning around and going back. And she drove on and she came to a bridge and the river had risen and the water was starting to lap over the bridge. So she'd got to make a decision. Park up, not stop where you are now, turn and go back or actually go over the bridge with the river coming up to the destination, not knowing whether she'd be able to arrive there. And then she woke up. And God used that dream, uh, she said, to show her that there will always, always be opposition when we are moving forward in God. Yeah. There'll be opportunities to park, to stop, and go no further. Or turn around and give up. And it's up to us to decide each time if we will give up or go on. Right, there will be things in our lives. There have been instances in our church life over the last few months where people have given up because right, they can't go with the change and they opt out. Uh, we don't need to do that. We need to go on. There will be opposition. And Joyce Mayer says that the dream she had has helped her many times, many, many times, to carry on when difficulties came and she was tempted to quit and give up. Each of us should make that same decision. Even though we sometimes make mistakes, don't we? We are human. We let God down. We don't get the result we want. But we need to make that decision. We need to be determined that we will never, ever quit. And determination will get you a lot farther and talent. What you need, what I need to win in life is a determination, to be determined 
to know God, to get into a better relationship with him, to grow in that relationship. Through reading his word, through prayer, you can't ever get to know anybody really well if you don't talk to them, can you? I'm sure Lib and Luke wouldn't be where they are now and sat there together in a relationship if they'd never spoken to one another, if they hadn't talked over things. How can we expect then, uh, in a spiritual sense, to really know God if we listen to the prayers on a Sunday and we join in, we don't talk to him for the rest of the week? Right? God speaks to us through his word. How can we expect to hear from him if we never open our Bible during the week, if we just hear it from the, And I've deliberately not read long Bible verses this morning or done a big reading because we need to get into it ourselves. Whatever way is comfortable for you, there's not a right way or a wrong way, but we need to build relationship with God through reading his word and praying. And through Jesus and the power of the Spirit, he'll be our strength and our guide. Never, ever give up. It's about priorities, isn't it, really? What are your priorities in life? We can make time for all sorts of things, and we find it hard to make time for God. Pray every day that God will speak into your life through his word, through a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you might know God and Jesus and the Spirit better. Celebrate that you know God, that you are loved so completely, and that you are going to know him better with every day that passes. What an amazing blessing it is to know God. So I just really want to challenge you on that. Spend time with God today. It's difficult, I know it is difficult, and there are times when I have slipped up, and if you stop for a bit, it's easier not to do it for ages, yeah, not to read your Bible, not to pray. But I'm really challenging you to spend time with God. With little children, it's awkward. I used to do my prayers and reading, trying to do it at the end of the day when I was in bed, and inevitably I went to sleep. Well, then I'd have a book so I jotted things down so that I didn't forget. That's really important. You won't trust him. You won't be able to, to walk in faith unless you get to know him more. That is so, so important. Shall we pray? Oh, Lord God, we thank you that you are unchanging Lord God, we've got many faces that we present to other people, but you have got one face. You are absolute God of love. You are constant. Help us to get to know you better. Help us to make it a priority in our lives day by day so that we can journey on with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.